Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, everybody. Let's take our song book, turn to 317, stand together. 317, Savior like a shepherd leader. Savior like a shepherd lead us, much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pasture feed us, for our sheep's cycle prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thy heart aside we are. that goes right near your nose? Yeah. Yeah. 
Amen. All right. Be praying for that. They got you on antibiotics, right? All right. Amen. Anybody else? Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Somebody else? Anything else? Mama, how was Laura, my sister? And 
We ask tonight, Lord, you speak to everyone here. Speak to everyone, Lord, that's listening in on Blog Talk Radio. And, Lord, speak to everyone that's watching us tonight by way of Facebook. Lord God, we ask you, please, meet with us tonight. Speak to people's hearts. Do what I cannot do. Reach inside and touch somebody's life. Use me in spite of me, Lord. Fill me and, and speak through me. Holy Ghost of God, please now. For Jesus' honor and glory, I ask. Amen. All right. Proverbs 4, 14 through 19, the path of the just. Amen. You'll find that reference there in verse 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light. Started our church in Paris many moons ago. Uh, actually, it was, let's see if I can remember, March the 1st of 2000 on a Wednesday night. We had church at a duplex in Paris. First time I was the pastor of the church over there in the first service. And, and that church was called Shining Light Baptist Church. And uh, we found it there. And uh, that was my verse, was the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. But as we get into this tonight, I want to point out something. And I, and I, and I don't think you maybe have looked at it from this perspective, but maybe from now on as we go through the Proverbs, you can. I want you to notice there are characters all through the, 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 the book of Proverbs that, that God gives Solomon to, to put down here for us. Like I say, characters. And, and I say the recurring characters all the way through the book, some of them. Uh, God talks about people such as the simple. That's the one who's stupid, who can't figure it out. He's just dumb. He just does the wrong thing because he's dumb and he don't know no better. Then there's the sluggard, the lazy guy. There's the scoffer, the one that, that likes to, to, to make fun and criticize and tear down. The mocker, the one who likes to, to throw insults and, and make fun of. Uh, again, there, there's, the, there's the drunkard, the alcoholic, the one who can't put the drink down. There's the glutton, the one who can't stay away from the refrigerator, the one who can't stay away from the table, the one who, and again, cares more about feeding self than taking care of the other needs. The covetous man is always looking for something they don't have. The whisperer that likes to gossip. The backbiter that'll tell stuff and get you and really get you. I mean, it'll even lie on you to get you hurt. The, the proud, uh, you know, they, they think they're better than everybody. The haughty, the naughty person. The forward, that's the perverted man, the perverse person, the slanderer, the hypocrite, the tailbearer. There's the stingy, the violent, angry man, the brutish man. There's the deceitful witness. There's the wrathful man, the greedy of gain. There's he that refuseth instruction. There's the scorner. There's the oppressor of the of the poor. And you could take all of these characters and sum them up all in one character that God simply calls the fool because they are choosing their own way instead of God's way. But also in the book of Proverbs, you find some other characters that are a whole lot more savory. You find the wise man. You also find the man of understanding. And you find the righteous man. And the just, and that's kind of what we're going. To, we're going to focus on the contrast tonight between uh, the wicked and the just, as God is doing here in these in these scriptures. 
And uh, let's look first at the wicked tonight. I want to look here at verses 14 through 17 and verse 19 because most of the verses are about the wicked. But as we look at that, I want you to see here. Let me I lost my place. Let me get my Bible back open to that spot. Proverbs chapter 4. All right. Like I said, as we get into it, I want let's look here. He warns against it. He says, "Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men." He warns again. The first thing he does right out of the gate, he says, "He says, stay away from the path of the wicked. Stay away from the way that they go in their life. Everywhere, all around us, are entrances to the path of the wicked." Everywhere, all around us, uh, you find it on television, you find it on the radio, you find it on the internet, you find it on billboard signs, you find it everywhere you go. There are entrances to the path of the wicked. And, you know, again, Solomon is giving this instruction to his son, his young son, because he knows how impressionable young people are. And all it takes is somebody who they think is a little cooler than they are, and they'll go right along down that path trying to hang out with that person they think has uh, got it all together when that person has no clue either. Amen? And, and, and the greatest the temptation to see for yourself. I've said it before. Young people say, well, I, you tell me all you want to. You can say everything you want to say to me, Daddy, but i got to find out for myself. Okay? I know you say I know you say alcohol is bad, and I know you say drugs are bad, but I got to find out for myself how many kids have done that, and and, and end up paying the price. Amen. I was one of them stupid idiots myself. I, I was I was one of those fools who tried to find out for myself, and liked to kill me. I thank God He was merciful to me, or I, I would be dead tonight. But there's a great temptation to see for yourself, to find out for yourself, and and look, just look at verse 15, and you'll see it. What does he say? He says, avoid it. He puts a great emphasis in verse 15 on this path of the wicked. Avoid that path of the wicked. You know what that means? That means make plans ahead of time to take a different route. A lot of times, people, they, they think they're stronger than they are. A lot of times, we think we're stronger, and we, and, and we, we allow ourselves around things that we shouldn't allow ourselves around. And we get tempted to do something we used to do because we thought we were strong enough to stay away from now. And and, and, and that happens to people. I've seen it happen to people. I've seen people go backwards. I've seen people fall back into their old ways of life. Why? Because they thought that, that they were strong enough to handle those old temptations in life, and they put themselves in a bad position, and it took them away quicker than they thought it would. He, so he's saying, avoid it. Don't even go that direction. He said, pass by it. Pass not, or not pass by, but pass not by it. He mean, don't. First place, an alcoholic can see you driving by the liquor store looking at it. Right? Or driving by the honky tonk. He said, don't drive by and look at it. Not only make plans to avoid it, unless you avoid it, don't turn and trucks pass by and take a look at it real quick. No! Stay away, he's saying. Because you have a tendency in you to be drawn to sin. Your flesh is rotten, filthy, and disgusting, and if you don't beat it down daily, it will whoop the car out of you. There's a reason why Paul talked about that. Beating, he had to beat his flesh down daily. 
He had to pound it. Get down and stay down. Quit jumping up trying to get in the way of me and God. That's what he was trying to say. So he's saying we better be careful because, look here, we're drawn to sin like a moth to a flame. Our flesh is. But we must turn to the true light, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, which is much brighter than the dread of sin. And you know what? And that and that will that will set us free away from the path of sin. And we turn to the true light and, and give our attention to the Lord. Amen. Don't you think of maybe why why the Lord says uh, turn neither to the right hand or the left? We're supposed to keep our eyes on the light, right? If if the light that's in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? We start looking away at the at the flashing flickers of sin. We get caught up in that and burn on the flame of it. I'm using a moth example too much there. Let's keep on going. Uh, but he says, not only avoid it and pass not by it, but he says, pass away. That don't mean die. It means get out of there. Get out of there. Don't hang around. In, in, because when, the, longer, the longer we stay around something that's sinful, you may say, I'm happy. I can't. I mean, I, I won't be tempted to sin, but the longer you stay around something, you have a temptation, you have a, 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 a what do you call it, a, a, a I won't say pre-existing condition, but I keep thinking of what I'm trying to think of. But anyway, you have a, you have a tendency toward that type of temptation. Um, you better be careful. You better get away because it will take advantage of you before you know it. Amen? You, you know, there's a, Bible, there's a verse in the Bible that says, let he that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You know, I'm good. I'm all right. Sure. No, ain't nobody. You got to worry about me. That'll be the guy that falls first, the cocky one. And that's what I believe that's what Solomon's saying to his son. Don't don't be cocky and say, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. You don't have to worry about me because you know what? You ain't perfect, and you ain't got to this point where you can't sin no more, and you're fooling yourself if you tell yourself that you can't be tempted. Listen, <clears throat> pass away. Get out of there. I'm going to say this about it. All right, look here. Verse 7. He says, verse 16, for they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. All right, now again, we're talking about the path of the wicked. Now, this is not a literal road, and we know it's not a literal road. It's a literal lifestyle, what it is. The path of the wicked, people choose, people choose to, to, to do right, or they choose to do wrong. They choose a path, just like a guy walking down a walking trail out in the woods and it comes to a fork and go one way or the other. You've got to choose one way or the other. All right? Well, everybody in life has that same choice. You either, you either choose to, to, to spend your time around people who have morals and do right and love the Lord, or you choose to spend your time around people that are, have, a, have a tendency to do wrong and, and, to, and to live on the edge and the wild side of life and do things. And people, people tend to choose one or the other. Now, I know I'm talking to say folks in here tonight that love the Lord, and y'all ain't listening to go off and go off the deep end. I know that. But I'm talking to people through this box right here who I don't know where they're at. Amen? I'm talking to people through this phone right here. I don't know where they're at. But I tell you this, there's somebody listening to us tonight. There's somebody listening to us tonight is getting ready to make a choice in their life. I don't know who they are or where they are, but I guarantee you somebody somewhere is getting ready to make a choice in their life about some things. And they better be sure that they're on the right road, because that that lifestyle is that lifestyle will destroy them. Verse sixteen again it tells us of a lifestyle uh, that's that's and that lifestyle, my, my friends, is is glamorized today. 
That listen to that lifestyle again. They sleep not except they've done mischief. So doing just getting in some trouble, trying to find something to get into. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. In other words, they take something away from somebody, they hurt somebody, or they they steal from them, or or, or do something wrong to them. It, it says, for they eat the bread of of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. That that lifestyle we're talking about here, it's glamorized in like gangster rap music. I mean, they talk about that about killing and raping and, and stealing and all that. Uh, listen, it, and it's, and and it's practiced by those who hate godliness. It's practiced by those who love their sin. I think about the pride. They've been this godless, wicked lifestyle. They walk down the street half-dressed, doing vile things in front of the public. And they're protected by the law to do these vile things. And, and people just have to stand by and watch it. And that's the, and it's their, they, they're bent in that direction. You can't tell them they're wrong because they won't hear you. Why? Because they're on the path of wickedness. And they don't know that they're on the path of wickedness. They think you're wrong. They think I'm wrong. They think God's wrong. You take those, again, it's a, a lifestyle of habitual wrongdoing. You take, the, you take the crowd that's so extremely mad right now for the fact that they, they've uh, taken away the federal abortion right. Uh, you know, you think about that crowd. They stand there screaming to kill you know, unborn babies. They want to, they're bloodthirsty. They say, I had an abortion and I loved it. Seen those shirts over and over. Most people have no, they seemingly have, have no love in them. I've watched interview after interview, I mean, thousands of things like, of people just sit there and say, ultimately, I just think it comes down to a woman's right to choose what's in her own body. So they over and over and over, like they just push the button and they play the same thing over and over and over. What are they saying? I don't have any morals whatsoever and I will kill somebody if I want to. Listen, how do you get to that point? You choose the path of the wicked, my friends. How do you get to the point where you think, well, you know what? If a child, if a child doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, if you can tell that they're going to be a special needs child, we just kill it. We just kill it and get rid of them. Or, you know what? Eventually, it'll get to the point where it was like Hitler did, where we'll just get rid of them after they're born. Or we'll get rid of the elderly who are unable to take care of themselves. How do you get to a culture like that? You choose the path of the wicked. You know, I mean, I remember growing up. I ran around with a couple of guys like that one time, a couple of them from Bogota one time. We lived in Paris, and, and it was like every day they were looking for some trouble to get into. I don't know how I wound up with them too, but mercy, God, God's mercy was so great. It was like every single day they just wanted to find some kind of something to get into. And it's scary. They scared me back in them days, and I was hard to scare. But the, but the wicked, I'm telling you, in verse 19, Solomon gives us some insight. Now listen to what he says right here in verse 19. He said, he said the way of the wicked, darkness. It says darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Now again, it's not a literal darkness. They're not a literal blindness. But it's a spiritual darkness. In Isaiah 59, 7 through 10, listen to how Isaiah describes this darkness. He says their feet run to evil. Again, they're the crowd that chose the path of wickedness. And they make haste to shed innocent blood. That almost sounds like that crowd today, that abortion crowd. Uh, they make, they want to hurry up and do it. Let me kill my baby. 
I don't want to do it now. Don't take away my right to kill my baby. That's the way they are. They make haste to do it. And their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wickedness, wasting and destruction are in their paths. Again, what path do they choose? The path of wickedness. The way of peace they know not. They, 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 they know not. They don't know it. They don't, they've never known peace. It's like their whole life's been terrible. Why? Because they chose the path of wickedness. They don't know what it's like to have the peace of God in their life. These people don't, it's not like they're choosing wickedness. They've already chosen it. They, they're not choosing between right and wrong. They just they're, Their heads, their hearts, their minds are all in wickedness. All right? And he said, the way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. So they, can't, they, don't, they can't discern between right and wrong. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. And he says, therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. Everybody scratching their head. They go, why, why, why are everybody so upside down? It's because the world's full of wickedness. That's why nothing's right. That's why nobody does nothing right. Nobody fixes anything. Nobody puts forth any program going to help anybody. Right now, it's a bunch of rats on a sinking ship taking all the money they can while it's going blub, blub, blub. That's where we're at in America. That's where we're at in America. That's where we're at in, in most of the modern big churches in the country. You got your people just trying to take all the money they can and get it, and, and, and they ain't interested in helping anybody. They're not interested in teaching anybody the ways of God. I got a hush. I'm getting angry. <laughs> I get mad at the devil. I do. I get so mad because I see what the devil's doing to the world I live in, and it, and it does. It makes me angry at him. Amen. And he said, "We wait for light, well, but we behold obscurity." You know, they think help's coming. He said, we wait for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at the noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. Isaiah described it that spiritual condition of spiritual deadness, when they're just wandering, wandering, groping as blind men, don't know where they're going, don't know what they're doing. That's the way lost people are, folks. That's why they need Jesus so bad. They can't see how wicked they are. They can't see how messed up they are. Again, it's not a literal darkness, but a spiritual darkness. There's no light. There's no truth. There's no wisdom in their lives. It's a path of ignorance. And where they just stumble constantly. And what do they do when they fall down? They curse their darkness. They just curse it because they don't know what else to do. They don't understand the nature of their sins. They don't understand the ugliness of their sins. And they sure don't understand the outcome of their sins. Again, they're wandering like blind men in the dark, fumbling around and just making big messes everywhere they go. That's the path of the wicked, amen? I don't want on that path, amen? How about you? Amen. Hey, listen, there ain't no good on that path, amen? But then we see this other path in verse 18. It's just one verse added to it, but uh, describing it, but that's really all it needs. The Bible says, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. 
so the, the, this again it's describing a lifestyle isn't it? the path of the just the path the lifestyle of the righteous is 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 one of ever increasing knowledge amen the more you know God the longer you know him the more you the more you know about him the more you experience who he is it's an ever increasing uh, ever increasing blessing the longer you know God the more favor of you should find in your life, amen? The closer you walk with him, you should get closer as you go, amen? But that path is known by different names all through the book of Proverbs. In chapter 2, verse 13, the Bible calls it the path of the upright. In chapter 8, in verse 20, it's known as the paths of judgment. In chapter 2, in verse 19, it's known as the paths of life. Proverbs ten sixteen says the la- the labor of the righteous tendeth or leadeth <coughs> to life. Proverbs eleven twenty three says the desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. Proverbs eleven thirty says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. You don't need much contrast to see the difference. There's life. There's life for the just. There's nothing but black darkness for the wicked and misery. The path of the just, the Bible tells us here, it has goodness. Amen? The path of the just is full of goodness. It's also full of reward. It's It's full of stability. It's full of restoration. Listen, though we fall down, though we, though we mess up, God is merciful and he's good and he's, his mercy to restore us when we turn our hearts back to him and cry out for him to forgive us and cleanse us. God restores us. God, the path of the just has all those things on it. It has light it, where we can see, where we know what we're doing and where we're going. And we have life. Amen. We have life from him. And we have deliverance from death, praise God. If we believe in him, we'll never die. Hallelujah. This body will, but we will never die. So all of those things are on the path of the just. So we've looked at, number one, the path of the wicked. And we've looked at the path of the just. We've looked at the contrast between the two. But number three, I want to I want to I want to point out the most. I talked first about the characters in, in Proverbs, but I want to talk number three about the most important character that you'll find in Proverbs. We discussed the path of the just. We looked at the blessings that the God blesses the righteous. But you know what? It's a steep path, isn't it? It's a steep, narrow path, walking that path of the righteous, path of the just. So I want you to turn over, take your Bible real quick, turn over to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. There's one other character, there's a character there that I want you to see who's in the Proverbs, and, that, and you're going to see him clearer, clearer once you see 1 John 2, 1. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 says this. It says, My little children... These things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Now look at who he is. Jesus Christ, the righteous. All right? The Bible calls, in Acts chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible calls him the just one. He's called the just one in seven, chapter 7, verse 52. He's called the just one in chapter 22 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 tells us that he is without sin. Hebrews seven twenty six tells us that he is holy. 
that he is harmless, that he is undefiled, and that he is separate from sinners. Okay? I want you to understand that when the Bible speaks about the path of the just, who is the just we're talking about? We're talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the path of the just. He's there in the Proverbs. He's showing you how to walk. Amen? He's giving you the instruction. But not only is he doing that, he's fulfilling all of that righteousness for you that you cannot fulfill on your own. Amen? That's, I want to give you three points on this and we're going to the house. Number one, Jesus fulfills. What it means is that Jesus and Jesus alone perfectly walked what Proverbs calls the path of the just. Okay? Jesus alone is the righteous man the Bible describes. Okay? Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, he said, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Paul said Christ is our righteousness, amen? So he is, he is again, the example. He is the just. He is the righteous one. But in him we are made the righteousness of God. That's what the Bible tells us. And the sanctification, that means holy unto God. And redemption, we are redeemed unto God. We're his, bought and paid for. So that leads me not only to Jesus fulfill, he does everything necessary to make us righteous in, in front of God, but also he forgives us, praise God. First Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath also suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Amen? He made us righteous in God's sight and brings us justified into God's sight, quickened or made alive by the Spirit. Romans 5.19, the Bible says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, talking of Adam, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous or just. Okay, so that brings me to my last point, number three, which is this. Jesus fuels. Not only does Jesus fulfill and forgive, but he also fuels. What do you mean? I'm saying he empowers. He gives us the ability to be righteous. He fuels or gives power to the righteous Christian life. You can't do it without him. That's what I'm trying to say. So many people... Uh, get discouraged with the young Christians when they try to work for God, and they try to do it in their own strength and their own power and trying to remember what God said rather than letting God live through them and counting on God and depending on God and, and, and trusting God and leaning on Him in times of temptation. They try to do it apart to show God how good they can do, and then they fall flat, they get discouraged, and they give up. We talked about that in Sunday school. I'm almost done, y'all. we got ten minutes left. Hang in there. So... What I'm trying to say to you is this. Jesus gives us the ability, the power to live that Christian life. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. I'm almost done. If ye know that he is righteous, and I believe we do, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. If you and I are able to do anything 
on this earth that God considers a righteous thing, the only way that you and I are able to do it is that Christ is doing it in us and through us, in the person of his Holy Spirit. We couldn't do a blooming thing to please God in our flesh. The Bible tells us that. Amen? He tells us all of our righteousnesses, that's all we can do, are as filthy rags. It's only his righteousness working in us that, that allows us to be righteous before God. So he's, he's telling us there, he's saying, listen, he said, God's grace is not only, it's not only to make a sinner righteous, but it's enough to empower you to live a righteous life. Amen? Not only to make you clean so that you can stand before God and God says, okay, they're clean, they're righteous. No, Christ says not only that, but I'm going to give you the power to do righteous things. I'm going to give you power to live a righteous life. I'm going to be the power in your life so that God looks down and sees me at work and sees me when he sees you. Amen. That's good right there. I don't, I don't know where your mind is, but that's good right there. Amen. <clears throat> in Romans 6, 19, Paul uses comparative language. Now listen to what he says. I'm, again, I'm wrapping up. Just as Proverbs does, again, comparative language, when he said, I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh. He said, I want to talk to you about your weak flesh. You know, we have we do, we have weak flesh. When our flesh is tempted, our flesh our flesh can't put up much of a fight. So Paul said, I want you to think about how weak you are in the flesh. Okay? He said, For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity. The way in the past you used to have the temptation to do some kind of wrong, and you just run home and do it. And then, and, and then one one sin led to another, led to another. You just run like a dog running to a bowl of, of somebody pulled out some scraps. I mean, you can't wait. You just run into it the way you used to do that. Paul is saying. He said, as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. The same way. Savior. 
And if it's self or sin, it's Satan. Either one of those. Self, sin, or the Savior. Who are you yielding yourself to? Do you, when, 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 when your self, when your flesh jumps up and says, I want to do this. I don't care what God's Word says. I want to do this. I, it may be wrong. But ain't nobody going to know. Do you have? Do, do you say, are you yielding to self and doing whatever you want to do? Or are you are you yielding to the pressure from other people, from friends or family, to go along with sinful things? Or or are you one who's made who's drawn your line in the sand? You say, I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm not going. I'm not going to do wrong, even if y'all do wrong. I'm I'm just going to do right. I ain't got to be ugly to you if you do wrong, but I'm not going to do wrong with you. See, we've all drawn a line somewhere. But the Bible tells us in Romans six thirteen, it says, neither. Yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't do it. Just like Solomon said to his son, don't do it, avoid it, don't pass by it. Pass away, get out of there. He said, but instead, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. There ought to be that much of a dramatic change in you from from the way you used to be before you knew Jesus to the way you are afterwards. Amen. As those that are alive from the dead, and your members as as instruments of righteousness unto God. So we're to give ourselves, to yield ourselves to God and say, God, here I am, I'm yours. Take me. And he said, and your members, your hands, as instruments of righteousness. In other words, as instruments for God to use. We, we, we get so stingy. We, we just say, God, you can't have me. We're I was thinking, and I know this is going to sound horrible for me to say, but sometimes we treat God like a punk. I know it's horrible to say that, but we do. It's like it's like sometimes we 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 just God wants to do something with us, and we just we just so flighty. We just I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I mean, I'll do that later. We put God off like He don't matter. Push Him back and do what we want. Serve self. It's horrible, but it's true. A lot of people do that. They just they they are not interested in really doing God's will. They're interested in putting up a show and a form of God's will, but not really interested in doing God's will. Because if we get really interested in doing God's will, there'll be a change in us. But remember something, and I know it sounds harsh tonight, but I want you to understand something. God's serious. And and we're not to defraud God. We're not to be a fraud when it comes to God. Now listen, here's why I say that. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you are bought with a price. God paid for you. You done bought and paid for. And he says, So therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hey, he bought all of it. Belongs to him. And we shouldn't be stingy with God and stringing God along and saying, you want, me to, you want me to live for you? Okay, okay. Oh, 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 oh. Just give me a little time. Give me a little time. We string God along. Like a junior high girl stringing along some boy, making him think she likes him, so he'll buy her stuff. We, we string God along like it sometimes because we're not yielded. If we were yielded, we'd say, Father, whatever you want, your will. Let, not my will, but I'd be done. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. That's when Christ comes. Amen. I just urge you tonight to examine your path 
I urge you tonight to examine who you're yielded to, and uh, I, and I urge you to keep this message in your back pocket because you may need it for somebody else. Amen. All right, let's stand together.